Hey, peace everyone. Julius here, uh, back for another episode of On Tilt, the state of black mental health and policing in America. I'm here with Miss Danielle Brown. Hey, Miss Danny, how you doing? Hey, Julius. I am doing okay. Doing and that's okay. okay. And that's okay. You know, yeah. they sometimes, you know, it's okay to be okay. I'm that's okay. Right. That's right. Had better than you, you got your angel wings on today. I do. <laughs> I really do. Um, <laughs> my best friend, she makes a lot of custom pieces, and uh, she made this uh, sweatshirt for me, actually. I needed it today because I felt like I needed some, you know, just some divine covering because I've been, I've been going through the fire lately, um, but... This is my angel. Let me see if I can stand up. My angel sweatshirt. And then on the side, you see 40. And the back is like really, really cute. Let me see if I can turn around and show it. But it's, it's, it's super cute. I'm super uh, grateful that she did this for me. And it means a lot to me. So I thought I would wear it today. Cornita, Cece, thank you. She's watching. Nice. Very nice. So um, before we get into it, we want to take our moment of silence just to acknowledge those who are no longer with us. So please join us in that. All right, we are back. So, Ms. Danielle, it is May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, we talked about some of the conversations that we're going to have throughout the month, some of the guests that we're going to bring on, some mental health professionals, to talk a little bit more about healing and wellness uh, in this work that we do and just in general. And um, there is actually a video, uh, a really, really moving and profound video that you brought to my attention that we want to share with the folks. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that video before we share it with the folks? Well, um, you know, this video um, is by Anthony Hamilton uh, and it features Tamika Mallory. Um, and we know how strong of an activist she is. And um, but the video really touches me. Um, I spent a lot of time praying. You know, I'm a mom that raised two young black men. And, you know, I've been in the last year out there in the streets, um, you know, performing all types of activism work, if you will. Um, along with um, partners there in Pittsburgh, other activists. Um, so, you know, this video, you know, hits home on a lot of, for a lot of reasons. Um, it's, it's very moving. Um, and it talks about mercy. And it talks about how we're losing our young black men to the streets, you know, or well, not to the streets per se, but in the streets due to police brutality, through to through due to police, you know, just 
you know, um, hands up and shooting. Right. So this video is, um, you know, and, and it just for me, it touches on a lot of other personal um, things as well. I have black men in my life right now that I love and, you know, that I'm always concerned about that. I pray over all the time, you know, and, you know, it's just this video just. I mean, I don't want to give too much of it away because I want people to have the same effect that it does on me. But ask me how many times I play this video. I love music. So I listen to, you know, I kind of scrutinize it. I hear every word, every instrument, every emotional fiber of music. I can listen to music all day, 24 hours a day. I love music. It's healing. It's restoration. It's, you know, emotional. It's entertaining. It's a talent, you know, it's, it's, it, and it meets me in that place, you know, with mental health month. Sometimes it can be uplifting and sometimes it can be depressing, but music takes on a life of its own. Mm, thank you for that. And so before we uh, have it queued up for you all to watch, you want to let you know that uh, there are some moments specifically at the beginning of the video that are heavy, um, could be triggering for some, maybe not for others. So we just want to let you know that there is a, a depiction uh, of, of violence on a black man, of Anthony Hamilton uh, and his portrayal in this video. So we want to let you know if, if you need to take a moment um, within the first minute or so of the video, you can. The length of the video is about six minutes. Um, so we invite you to to watch it if you feel as though you're in a in a comfortable place, uh, in a strong enough place. And if you do feel like you may be triggered by something like that, we invite you to uh, to maybe step away for a moment and rejoin us in about five minutes. So uh, if we can get the video queued up for the folks, that would be great. And start it. Black man, as your queen, I want you to know that I see you. I feel you. I'm on your frequency. And although you don't frequently feel valued, you are. You've been beaten, tortured, enslaved, and stripped of your manhood. You've been to hell and back, and yet you're still standing, persecuted, executed, and broke down in every way. But somehow you continue to find a way, a way to be strong, to be a provider, to be a lover. Hell, everyone wants to be you because you're a king. And heavy crowns are painful, but God 
gives his hardest battles to his toughest warriors. Black man, I'm not your enemy, I'm your energy. When you tend to me and you enter me, remember we are one. Until freedom, I will fight by your side. I know you hide your pain with your pride. You don't want pity, but you damn sure deserve a little mercy. Until, until you walk the master, you can never ever sing my blue. Oh, never sing my blue. And until you felt the pain of a broken man, you can never start to understand why I feel this way. Why I'm starting to lose my faith. Have a little mercy. Show a little mercy. Oh, give a little mercy. Just a little mercy. Oh, until, until we make a change, everything that's wrong remains the same, Lord knows we make the same. And until, until love has its way, then and only then there'll be better days. There'll be better days. Have a little mercy. Show a little mercy. Give a little mercy. Just a little mercy. Oh, days like this, days that won't last for long.
I'll, I'll let you open us back up. I'm, I'm still gathering my thoughts. I think we both are still gathering. You're on mute right now. How am I? Okay. You know, <laughs> that was on so many of my emotional strings, um, watching it, um, you know, kind of reliving what we've been through over the last 12 months, you know, what we've seen on TV and, you know, what we experience um, as activists out there in the streets, you know, um, the police brutality, even against activists, you know, like I said, I was there, you know, at um, the White House when uh, the former president opened up tear gas on us, you know, so it does bring back a lot of things. And, and as a mom, and as a mom who loved black men, you know, I've been faced with situations. I tell you, I will not participate in anything that will get a black man locked up, have the police come, you know, anything, even in my own emotions. I just won't do it, you know, because the danger of calling 911, you know, is, is sad, but is, is, is reality. You don't know what you get. So, you know, I love Anthony Hamilton, first of all. Tamika is just, I mean, she's just, if you ever heard her speak in which she came to Pittsburgh and I had opportunity to meet her and hear her speak, phenomenal, phenomenal. Then there's a picture of Trayvon Martin. I'll be meeting up with Sabrina soon. You know, so I am just, you know, looking at that and being able to identify George Floyd family spent time, you know, with a couple of their um, family members. So it's just it his home. It's, it's not that I'm watching it. It's like I can identify with it. And in this month of mental health month, you know, it, it's so necessary because it all of this takes a mental toll. All of it. We have this, then we have our personal lives when it comes to mental health. How can you separate the two? You can't. And in in, in, in the overall scope of it, it's mercy. It's mercy. Mercy. And every time he says, have a little mercy, I get choked up because I've been faced with situations and I didn't want to have mercy. But I have to say to myself, Danny, have a little mercy. These are God's children. However imperfected we all are, have a little mercy. And sometimes having a little mercy, for me, it comes so easy because I have a heart of mercy. But there are times 
where I'm faced with situation where I have to dig deep and pull that that mercy out of me because it can be covered up in so much pain and hurt. Like, especially when you're dealing with people, you know, that you feel may have put you in harm's way or in situations you like, they didn't have mercy for me. And sometimes it's in our flesh to want to have a tick for tack. So that's why I love this. Have a little mercy. And we need to extend that to everyone all the time, no matter what the situation is. Thank you for that, Estanio. That that gave me um, some perspective. And it also gave me a little bit more time to really think about how that how that video impacted me. And I think that the title, right, Mercy, with mercy in it is so powerful because um, you and I both are very, very spiritual beings. And when I think about mercy, I think about mercy as like a, a birthright, right? Like it's something that no matter what I do, um, no matter how... Uh, uh, un- undeserving I feel. So not necessarily no matter what I do, but how undeserving I feel of mercy, I always have mercy extended to me. Um, I believe in God through God because that's how mercy works. It's not a, it's not, con- mercy isn't conditional, right? It's not, I can only be a recipient of mercy whenever I'm on my best behavior or whenever I'm doing something. So I wanted to give that context because the video was so riveting for me because I almost felt like Anthony Hamilton was like begging for mercy. Right. It's like, and so as a, as a black person and then more so as a human being, it's like, why do we even need to be in a position where uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, we're begging people for something that the universe has already like bestowed in us and upon us? We are, we are, we're already deserving of that. So that uh, the coupling of that, of this thing that we're supposed to have as our birthright as humans as black people, as uh, black trans folks, as black women, as black men, as uh, black human beings, we have to beg for it. We have we have to beg for the beg and plead and cry for that mercy to be extended to us, and. If you, if you unpackage mercy, right, if you stretch that out and unpackage it, it's just the acknowledgement of me as a human being. That, that, that's, that's what Anthony Hamilton was, was singing to, right? It's, it's I'm a, just have, have some mercy. And, and another part of it that, you know, is kind of conflicting and complex to me in my mind is that 
the fact that we as black people have to beg for mercy, right? There's still, there's still a power dynamic there. There's still, there's still a unequal balance of humanity. There It's still on tilt, right? Because now I feel like I have to beg you to, to accept me or to, or to, or to not, not even just accept me. Cause there's so many things, accept me, uh, love me, even even considerate of you. Yeah, and 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 I, what, what he what he's singing to is don't don't kill me, right? That's like the whole opposite end of the spectrum, and we're 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 begging for that, and not even getting the accept me, respect me, love me, appreciate me. We, we we've already we're we're not even on that part of the spectrum. We're mm-hmm. we're we're screaming and begging and singing for you to have mercy <clears throat> and to value my life right. and to not view me as indisposable as a human. Right. Like that is so when I think about you know me- mental health and it being mental health month. Think about how heavy that has to be for folks, right? We're not, again, we're not just trying to advocate for you to love me and as part of it and respect me and appreciate me, but we're saying just don't kill me. Right. Right. So the amount of hypervigilance and fear and anxiousness that comes with that every single day <laughs> The amount of self-care and therapy and, you know, talk therapy, working through your body, therapeutic. Is is there enough therapy to even heal that? Is, it, is there enough therapy, enough mental health awareness, enough mental health support to combat that kind of like fear and anxiety? Um, so that, that, that's kind of what that video left me thinking about. You know, one of the lines in the video says, you know, God give his, the hardest battles to his toughest warriors. You know, as a people, we always have to appear so tough, you know, from all the things that we have experienced. But what's significant about this month is you see us as tough because what society has forced us to be. But when you peel back our layers, we are broken down. We are tired. We are drained. We are, like Anthony said, mercy. I'm a human being. Why do I have to appear to be so tough? Why do I have to have that weight on me? Why can't I just go to the store or drive in my car or eat ice cream at my dinner table or walk into an abandoned house like everybody do and look at the construction? Why, why can't I just be normal? So have mercy, like you said, and just... Just recognize me just for being a human being. 
And what was significant about that video, which we have seen it play out, you know, even, you know, in reality, which is a good example of what's happening in our streets with our black people and not just black men. We're going to talk about how, you know, a lot of videos don't really capture what the new seem like the new uh, wave or phenomena of killing our women almost in the same manner. And our, you know, our very, very young people, we got seven year olds being, you know, shot in, you know, it's just crazy. But what's significant about that is it opens up with a black man running and no gun, no weapon. Where's the mercy when you see the back of somebody's head? So, yeah, God gives his hardest battles to his toughest warriors. But let me tell you, Julius, we may seem strong to the outside, but inside you peel, you peel my heart back. It's, you will see so much tape, so much trying to hold things together and, you know, trying to keep it from totally shattering. And what we're saying is have mercy even on people that they may appear to be strong, but you don't know what's going on mentally with any one individual. That's what makes having mercy so universal. And I think, too, just to add to what you just said, Miss Danielle, is that we have to extend that same mercy to ourselves. You know, I um, have difficulty with that. You know, I'm always extending it to other people and, and being, extending that grace and that love and that support. But then when I have to look inside and say, OK, Julius, you you made a mistake or you didn't live up to the expectation that you set for yourself. Now forgive yourself and trust yourself and, uh, and give yourself an opportunity to rest and reflect and decompress or disengage. I don't always give myself that same, um, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that or that same love. And I think as, as activists, as advocates, as folks who do this work, specifically black and brown folks, it's it's more difficult to do that because of the things we're talking about. We feel like we always have to be on. So when we're not on, there's so many messages around us saying, you know, you need to be internal messages. You need to be on external messages. You need to be on. And I, I started to talk with you a little bit earlier in uh, planning about, you know, how I've been sort of relooking at or re reassessing my own trauma. And we talk a lot about, you know, how both of us and a lot of people around us have gone from this, uh, you know, sort of turn that trauma into triumph and still knowing that you're always going to be experiencing some level and depth of trauma. Um, for me, though, I've, I've really been 
assessing or imagining like who is Julius without his trauma, um, my, my identity and my being. And when I started to think about it, I'm like, Julius, that's silly because you, you can't just like erase your trauma. Right. And I'm aware of that. I cannot, it just popped up on my um, Facebook news feed uh, my, my dear friend that passed um, from his mental health challenges. And so I, when you least expect it, you get those reminders from the universe, right? You're just going on about your business, trying to focus on your healing. And then there's a moment that happens. This like, it's a, you know, it's a trauma taps you on your shoulder. Like, Hey, remember me, remember this thing. And so in getting those reminders constantly past and present, I try to think about, um, just who I am minus my, my trauma or not minus it, but with it, you know, what, what, how do I define myself and not just lead with the trauma? I'm not just somebody who has mental health challenges. I am a mentally strong and mentally resilient black man. I'm not just a uh, friend who's a, who is a survivor and uh, one of my best friends passed by suicide. I am a um, light who's, who's, who's continuing to lead his legacy and embrace the legacy of the life that he lived as a, as a, as somebody who was hilarious as a filmmaker, as a traveler, as a, um, you know, as a black man, right? I'm not just somebody who has had my own suicidal thoughts, but I am a um, somebody who embraces life and who enjoys life, right? So I'm just trying to think about ways to, instead of let the traumatic things that I've gone through be the defining factors of who I am and who I can become, but look at them at, from a perspective of that happened to me, but it's not, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to do the best that I can to not let it solely dictate who I am, how I engage with people and, and, and what energy I give out to the world. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, it goes back to, you know, I'm not your enemy, but your energy. And I challenge everyone out there to do exactly what you just said. I think that's powerful. How do we define ourselves outside of our traumas and triggers? You know, when you on social media, they have these memories, right? And if you're not cognizant or conscious of what today's date is, at any particular time a year from now, or they do the four year memories, even though you have a button, you can select not to have that happen. But every once in a while, memory picks up, right? And it could be a memory for my situations, the memory of doing some, maybe going to a football camp with my son, you know, or his graduation day out of high school, because this is graduation time. Or the fact that people are graduating right now and my son should be among 
those graduates, you know, well, it would have been uh, last year um, or 2019, but he could have possibly be graduating from grad school, had an extra year eligibility. But I say that to say, you know, I have, that's very important. I have to do that. I have to do, I have to say from trauma to triumph and the little squiggly lines in between is the highs and lows of it. And I have to say to myself, Danny, who are you? I have to ask myself all the time, who are you? Who are you in that trauma? How has that trauma defined you? And who are you in that triumph? Because I tell you, every time you go through the fire or the squiggly dash, your character is being refined. That fire don't feel good. That medicine you take don't feel good, but it's necessary. Because like I said in one of my posts, I it was the trauma that led me to my purpose. So you can't skip the process. But so many people get stuck in trauma. And like I said, it's a process. I'm in a situation right now. I'm processing. But I'm going to come out of it. I'm going to get to the triumph part of it. What does it look like? That's, that's the faith walk right there. And that's where you have to have a little bit of mercy for yourself to say self, give yourself permission to kick and scream through the process, but you better keep moving. You better not get stuck and you better not let them waters overtake you and sweep you away. So if you got to cry your way, read your way, pray your way, whatever it takes, you got to keep moving. And that, to me, when I hear you say that, it makes me say to myself, yes, have a little mercy, Danny, because I don't give myself enough. I don't, I take on everything. And I always first hold myself accountable, you know, and I have to forgive myself for being mean-spirited to me. So, Miss Danielle, can we talk a little bit about Mental Health Awareness Month and specifically what that means to us, um, you know, in our in our lives and our our walks? Um, I think we we've already been touching on it a little bit in this episode and in previous episodes. Um, and as you were talking, when I I started to connect some dots about Mental Health Awareness Month. And some people may not even may not even know that that's even a thing, right? That it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And even if they do know it's a thing, they may not have the the um, all the things they need. You know, people around them, the supports, the the um, skills, whatever you want to call it, to really be able to honor and uplift their own mental health, um, not just in the month of May, but at every point in time throughout the, the year. So I, I give that context because I just want to say, 
um, when we talk about this, this, this idea and concept of mercy, we have to be mindful of that with folks that everyone's, um, whether it's current trauma, past trauma, it's actually in, in some ways, I would make an argument to say that maybe there is no such thing as past trauma. Once it happens to you, it, 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 it is a part of you permanently. So it's just a, what, at what, what perspective do you have on that trauma that you experienced at any given point in your life? Um, so you may have a different perspective. Um, you may have a different, different people supporting you. So you could never fully erase the trauma. So it's, so, so it's ever present. It's always present. And when we talk about, again, mental health awareness, and if we're trying to help connect people to resources or do our own walk toward healing, we always have to be mindful that you, you said that squiggly line, right? It's, it's just this long, squiggly, zigzaggy line. And for me, sometimes, even in this work, um, I have to check myself because we can, you know, you design the programs, you work with the people and you say, well, here, here's the outcomes and here's what the people are going to do. And then you expect people to just go through it smoothly and pop out on the other end and be the strongest mental health advocates and not have any. They've dealt with all their trauma and they're all good. And that's not reality. Like that's that. that's not even how I operate. You know, I I can't, none of us are super, super human. And there's no, (laughs) there's no cure. There, there's no cure for trauma. In that, in knowing that though, it doesn't mean that we still can't thrive and be joyful and be happy and be, um, uh, our best selves as we're navigating the, you know, the, the, the journey and the different perspectives of the trauma that we've experienced. So, um, yeah, so it's so layered and so complicated. I was, I was in a meeting earlier and I was talking to someone about trauma informed care and how that, uh, plays a role in the mental health, field and in, in just the su- supporting mental health of black and brown folks. And I said, well, we need to be more mindful of the fact that it's never going to be a one size fits all. We're never going to get to a point where we can say, here's the trauma informed care model. If you put this in place at the public schools, charter schools, these nonprofits and corporate America, we all adopt the trauma informed care uh, framework and model everything's going to be okay. That's not reality because life is still, is always evolving and happening for people. And they have their, their past traumas that are uh, being compounded by present day traumas. So to just think that a, a model or a framework can just fix it, I think is a, is a false reality. So again, that mercy piece, it's got to be ever present. <clears throat> it has to be there every single step of the way. If, if if you don't know exactly what to say to support me or to support yourself, 
I think mercy is is a is a catch all. Yeah. 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 You know, as we talk about mental health month. And 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 I think you said this earlier, Julius. Mental health month is every day, every month. <laughs> right? But hey, today is National Prayer Day. And I believe National Prayer Day is every day, every day, every day of the year, every day of your life existence. But hey, you know, it is a good way to collectively bring us together to talk about it, to pray about it, you know. And, you know, by it being, you know, Mental Health Month or whatever, you know, we should definitely, you know, do little things or Look at things a little different when it comes to our own mental health and those of others. You know, a lot of people do not know where they fall on their on a mental health scale. There are a lot of people who are um, bipolar, but never been diagnosed. There's a lot of people have manic depression and just don't know personality disorder. Just don't know. And they're just coexisting, coexisting with depression. Don't know it's okay that there, there's tools in place that can help you better understand yourself. And, and, and what depressed, sometimes we're depressed and don't even know what that depressed, depression look like for ourselves. And we're acting it out. For some people it's drinking, you know, drugs. Um, low self-esteem, um, being trapped in situations, um, being, not being able to function. I know for me, I like to turn all the lights off and sit in the dark. When I'm depressed, I cut all the lights off, sit in the dark. Because I just want to shut everything down. I just, even the light bothers me sometimes. And then some people can't even talk about their mental health. As I'm a, still another line out of the video. Y'all know I've been watching that video. <laughs> he talks about pain and pride. Pain and pride. We got so much pain in us, but our pride, our pride won't even allow us to spend time to address our pain because we got to be performing all the time. We have to give an image all the time. And then sometimes we feel like we owe people. the expense of our own mental health and sanity. I can't tell you how many people are stuck in situations, afraid to do something about it, whether it's on a job and you have, you know, they've been working there for years and they, they might have a great idea. They might even have an opportunity to move to another job, but that is what they're used to. No matter how unhealthy the people they work with, 
The job is unhealthy. But that's all they know. And they have a sense of loyalty to that job. And I say that to say that that is like a form of imprisonment to me. And with mental health, I believe it feels like one being in prison. And I want to say people have a right to make decisions for their happiness, for their health, for their mental health. They have a right. Whatever it makes them feel good to say enough is enough. I'm leaving this job. I'm going to walk out on faith and I'm going to find something that better suits who I am and my happiness, my goals and where I want to go. And if you're a part of a family and a community that loves you, they should surround you and support you. Because it's nothing worth. If you ever hear anyone who suffers from mental health issues, and look, I suffer from mental health issues. I'm willing to say everybody in America who's past adult, who's in their adulthood have suffered some type of mental health issue, whether it be depression, grief, loss. I mean, you know, that's the same thing, but whatever. It can feel like you're in prison. It can feel like you're in a cage with no escape. So I always envision in my head, Danny, leave the door open. Leave the door open. You are not in prison. You have a right to make decisions for yourself. You have a right to choose what's healthy for you. And to dismiss what's not healthy, not be, and not get stuck in comfortability. I have a friend who was married for 30 years. And she's a part of my prayer circle. And her husband left her right at retirement. She said, I retired. He said, I'm leaving. Literally, all in the same day. And she came to me brokenhearted. She was ready to end her life. She shared this story so I can share. She's very vocal about it now. Ready to end her life. Because she just, her whole identity, raised kids with this person. 30 years, been with this person for a very long time. Her identity was in this person. That's another mental health mistake we make. But she came to me and I said, hey, he has a right to choose his happiness and to leave this relationship. He has that right. We can't, you can't cage him or keep him in that, in that marriage if that's not where he wants to be. As hard as it is and as much as you feel rejected, he has that right. And so I think people do not understand their self-love and their rights to pursue healthiness and happiness for themselves. However crazy it is, they want to go join the circus. Life is short. Go join the surface. 
the circus. I said the circus. Go join the circus. Be the best damn clown you want to be. But if it's help, if it makes you happy, it's just a decision. A lot of our mental health issues and ills are the choices and decisions we make. Easier said than done. Because I can't promise you when I get off this call, I won't turn the lights off and pull the covers over my head. Real talk. I'm going to keep it real. I can't promise that. But guess what? I'm in the here and now, and I'm not denying what's going on with me or the simple fact that I just may need help. Pain, pride. We got to sometimes let that pride go and just say, it's me, God. It's me, Julius. It's me, mental health provider. I need help. Mm. It made me think about, um, um, I started to talk about this a little bit earlier. Again, during one, one of my meetings earlier, we're talking about uh, trauma and mental health. And we've been hearing it over and over and over for like the past year, right? The, the, what is the new normal going to look like? What is the new normal going to look like? Some people saying, you know, um, I don't want it the good things to go back to the way they were before the pandemic or um, just people kind of imagining what they want life or what they expect life to be like as we kind of uh, transition. I don't want to say we're transitioning out of the pandemic because we're still in it. People are still losing their lives. Um, is COVID is still a very real thing, even with, vaccinations being rolled out and what i said in this in this conversation earlier was that so if this is like baseline this is um sort of the the baseline for the average person um or for 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 an individual person knowing that baseline can be different right your baseline might be here mine might be here somebody else's might be here right but just if this is baseline a lot of us are just like trying to thrive as best as we can to get back to baseline. There are, I don't know that there are very many people that are at this point where they're like thriving above their baseline, right? Because their energy is depleted. Their family supports are, are, are challenged and stressed and fractured. Their work life is fractured and maybe they're underemployed or now unemployed or making less money or the, the line of business that they're in or the organization that they work for is such that it's requiring so much more from them that yeah, they're making more money and they're having more impact, but now there's three, four, five times as much stress and anxiety because of the work that they're in, right? So it may appear that they're thriving, they're making more money, they're doing this, they're doing well, they're um, whatever you see on social media, 
but they still may be thriving below that baseline because of this full circle coming back to the beginning of, of our, our conversation because of the realities of being a black or brown person in America right now of um, living still in a global pandemic of having all this newness and the uh, it's like every day feels like it's even though it feels like it's the same day, mm-hmm. you still feel like you have a different level of, of anxiousness or concern or worry because you're like, you're like, okay, is it, is it, is it the normal now? Is it like what it's going to be? And you're like, nope. Then the next day it shifts. So I give that context to say that mercy piece. We have to give ourselves and people that mercy to know that we, we are not going to be thriving all the time. Heck, we may not even be thriving half of the time or 25% of the time. So if, but in America, that that's the American way to thrive and to push and to right, grind harder, grind harder, work harder. And, you know, we pretty much took the commute out of work. So now you can do Zoom after Zoom after Zoom after Zoom. And I just want this is what I'm doing for me. I'm not going to say I, I want this for other people, but this is what I'm trying to do. To just stop. <laughs> just like <laughs> not not permanently, but just pause and stop and sit. Even when like the, um, the the emergency arises and I'm and I'm triggered and I'm I feel like I need to respond or I feel like I'm going into that tr- that place of experiencing the trauma I'm like okay can you can you just stop Ju- Julius for a minute for a second and just try to check in with you and figure out where you're at and I'm trying to do that with other folks too I'm not. I'm not quite there yet, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling that story and giving that context because in Mental Health Awareness Month and beyond, I think I think that needs to be a part of our new normal of being able to say, I know I want the best things for my life and I want the best things for the people around me. Yeah. My idea of what I want as the best thing for me in my current state and my abilities and my current needs and that, and how mercy plays into that, that may not always match. Right. So it's like, how do we reimagine what quality of life looks like for us and feels like for us and for the people around us? So quality of life may not be thriving, traveling, making all the money, doing all the things, having all the friends, having all the get togethers. It may be, it may be glimpses of that. And moments of experiencing that, but I'm just trying to be mindful of mindful of that. Um, Cause I think my, I know, I know for me, again, I'll just speak for me the past, whatever, 14, 15 months. I was still trying to go full speed ahead, not trying to. I was going full speed ahead, 
and then you get to a point where you right you say you just want to turn the lights out you want to be by yourself and then in those moments i realized wow you could actually press pause and press stop that doesn't mean negativity and things won't still happen but you could actually just like orient yourself in a way where you're you're still and uh, you know other things around you are still moving so i'm trying to get get be still myself um to figure out what like quality of life and what my best self looks like and what i'm expecting of other people and how i can best show up for other people yeah you know it, this is such a great discussion of us just checking in with each other and you know encouraging cuz people are watching us right now and we're going to go to some of the comments here in a second but you know we there's a shift that's always happening and that shift in our life is always asking us will you make the adjustment and if you make that adjustment you have an option to make the adjustment healthy or unhealthy if you're mentally able to think it through you know what i mean if you're mentally able to be aware and conscious that something is happening in your life right now that's a shift that is literally asking can you make the adjustment can you pick up the phone and call your mental health provider and make an appointment could be just as simple as that can you take your two feet and walk towards healthiness however many tears in your eyes however hard in the weight on your shoulders can you just take one step at a time towards that which will be kind to yourself as opposed to staying making a conscious decision to slide back words because it's comfortable mental health has a lot to do with our comfortability choosing our mental health choosing to contact mental health resources choosing sometimes to go against the grain it's hard it's hard don't get it twisted it's like the dog on a nail the owner sitting there listen to that dog cry and the mailman goes by and say why is your dog crying like that like every time i come past here the dog is crying what the world and the owner say because my dog won't get off the nail all you got to do is get off the nail he keeps sitting on a dag on nail how many of us are sitting on pain when all we got to do is just get up and move one step at a time it's not easy but it's necessary Let's uh and Julius before we go ahead and read these comments real quick tell them about what we got planned for the month of mental health. 
Yeah, so we have uh, we brought in before a couple uh, folks who work in the mental health field, but this month that is going to be our focus to bring in mental health professionals and really dive deeper into these conversations about wellness and taking care of ourselves um, and really opening up another dimension to this conversation. Cause we know we, we know what it's like to wake up and be a black or Brown person in America. We know what that's going to bring with it. Excuse me. What we don't always aren't always able to see clearly though, is how do we navigate that from a, from a, a place of seeking healing and see, and being resilient and supporting ourselves and supporting others. So um, we want to try to <coughs> e- extend that, that support to the folks who are watching and say, Hey, we're going to bring on some mental health professionals. They're going to talk with us about some of the resources and the tools and the challenges that they face too. So all month you'll hear us having conversations with mental health professionals and continuing to share our stories as well. Cause we're, me and Miss Danielle are, are, are on our uh, ever, ever present healing journeys too, y'all. So we're taking this walk with y'all. For sure, for sure, together. Let's jump real quick. We don't, a little bit of time. So we have Kip Dawson. Kip Dawson says in the chat, my friends and I came alive as high school students watching those news clips from the Woolworth sit-ins. And have been in the struggle ever since. In 1960, we started the first civil rights club in our high school. And when we turned 18, wow, we're finally able to go to jail for justice. Also, that was 60 years ago. Today, we follow the leadership of the Young Black Lives Matter movement and keep alive the hope our ancestors put into our hands for our children and theirs. Thank you. You know what's phenomenal about this? I'm going to move on to the next one. I love when people talk about our ancestors. I talk to my ancestors all the time because in our ancestors are knowledge and roots and in history that they leave for us. And so I always like to acknowledge our ancestors. Some of them are here with us, you know, are, are, are transitioning, Right. And some of them are no longer here with us. But I spent a lot of time paying homage to them and talking to them because I believe wisdom, you know, transport. There's no time. There's no rim of heaven and earth when it comes to wisdom. It will reach you when it needs to reach you. Is that divine? Wisdom to me is that divine. So that's you want. Uh, then we have Devon Fuller. I'm going to go through and then Julius, if you want to say something, you know. Uh, thank you for allowing us to share this very vulnerable space with you, Mama Brown. No, Devon, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, uh, to, 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 um, you know, hey, welcoming me into your space as well. We're sharing this space, right? Same space, right? Um, very powerful words, Julius. This is Devon again. Um, mercy should be viewed as a bright, a birthright. Oh, that was that was powerful, Julius. <laughs> Mercy should be viewed as a birthright and not conditional. 
mercy, now compassion or forgiveness shown toward someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. You know what? Stamp that. I got to repeat that. Mercy, now compassion or forgiveness shown toward someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. You have the power to punish and harm someone. You know how powerful that is? And we've all been in a situation where we have used that power at some point in our lives. Mercy say no, not today. I won't use that evil within me to harm someone or punish them. And it's hard because I like to clap back. My clap back game is strong. I'm telling you. <laughs> but <laughs> woo! mercy, grace and mercy. Go ahead, Julius. Yeah, look, last thing I would just say is um, some things I have been sharing on social media as of late. Um, just we are not our trauma. We deserve to take a mental health day when we feel it's necessary to decompress and refresh and restore where we're at in life. And uh, we deserve to experience peace and joy and, and, and mercy. We deserve it because it's, it's um, something that every human, human being has ownership of the moment that they are brought into the world. Mercy, mercy comes along with being birthed into this world. So um, if you can, try not to let anybody convince you otherwise. Mercy's, mercy is yours to own and not to be earned. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Miss Danielle. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, again, we've got some mental health professionals coming back with us throughout the month of May. So we hope you will join us. Have a great rest of the week and weekend, everybody. Take care.